Spotlight PA, a nonpartisan statewide and member-funded newsroom based in Harrisburg with the mission of holding the powerful in Pennsylvania to account through independent investigative and public service journalism. Radio Caskill has partnered with Spotlight PA to regularly bring you their in-depth journalism. In a recent article, Spotlight PA shed light on the situation faced by Executive Director of Favor, Western PA, whose organization had opioid settlement funding rescinded by county officials. The funds, crucial for providing support to individuals dealing with addiction and recovery, were pulled after she publicly advocated for syringe services, revealing the challenges faced by those working to combat the opioid epidemic. Joining us today is Ed Mahan, a reporter from Spotlight PA. Uh, Ed, welcome to the program. Great to be here. Thank you. Ed, so I gave a sort of a quick explanation of it. So can you go a little more in depth and explain why it's hard for places in Pennsylvania to use money for opioid sediments and help with syringe services? And can you explain more about what this issue is about in your article? Sure. Two big parts to this. One is there is our state's drug paraphernalia law, which goes back, I believe, to the 70s or so. And it states that syringes are considered drug paraphernalia, which means they're illegal if they're used or intended to be used to inject banned substances. So, you know, they're, they're treated as illegal drug paraphernalia. The, the conflict is that when a bipartisan coalition of state attorneys general reach the agreement with opioid companies about how to spend opioid settlement money, those, that bipartisan agreement, it listed syringe services programs as one of the core strategies. And I think that reflects the fact that these programs have wide support in the medical community. The CDC says they help lower B infections. They help lower hepatitis, viral hepatitis infection, infections. So the fact that the attorney generals include attorneys general included that was a, was sort of a sign of how much widespread support they have. But Pennsylvania is outside the norm. I believe uh, we're one of 12 states according to one recent analysis that doesn't explicitly authorize syringe services through statute or regulation. So that's the conflict we have in Pennsylvania. These programs have wide support. There's all this money coming to expand them. But in Pennsylvania, that's hard because of our existing law. If there is wide support for it, what are the politicians or local officials saying that are changes needed to be made since there is wide support? You know, so when we talked to the officials in Westmoreland County who pulled the funding, I mean, they, the one commissioner who said, I mean, he made the case that even if the settlements say you can spend it on this, that Pennsylvania's law does not seem to be on board with that. So from his point of view, the legal risk of providing funding to an organization or an individual who is offering syringe services is too great. And so he didn't have confidence that they wouldn't be at risk by providing this money to this group. And so he wasn't making an argument for or against syringe services. He was making the case that it was too big of a legal risk. And there is an effort in Harrisburg, there should be a vote this week on a bill to legalize syringe services. And we'll see, it'll be interesting to see what the debate looks like there. Like I would say the biggest thing about, we haven't like heard strong arguments against syringe services so far, but now that it's going to be put on the table, we'll see if there are strong arguments. But it's really a matter of getting it forward, making it a priority to, to make it change. Now, it's so far, but I mentioned the main intro about the organization that had the money presented it. Um, can you talk more about that, exactly what the organization is about? Yeah, Kim Boddicker in Westmoreland County. It's, she's in a rural town in Westmoreland County. She's founded this peer recovery support organization. They do a lot of work 
helping people receive counseling, connecting people to treatment, connecting people to housing and jobs. And so that's the core mission. Uh, and as part, but Kim has talked publicly to us and that's me and WESA about her work she does to offer certain services if people need that. And she wanted to be, she wanted to make that public, make that clear. She took a risk by doing so. And then after the story came out, she, the commissioners there pulled this opioid settlement funds. And the distinction she made is that she said, told us she wasn't going to use the settlement funds for syringe services. But even then, the commissioners and the county officials thought it was too much of a concern. So what happens now since they get the money rescinded and how does that affect them with their day-to-day operations? They have pl- The big thing is they were trying to hire two recovery support specialists to work with community members. And Kim says those members could have helped with the expansion plans for offering emergency housing services. And now that now those plans are complicated, essentially, because she says she needs to hire the additional staff in order to adequately and regularly fund these emergency housing services. And without that, those staff member, there's uncertainty about what that can and will look like. Yeah, she is pursuing other funding options as well. And we'll also see if lawmakers make any changes to the state law. And if so, whether that would lead officials in Westmoreland County to change their view on this. It seems like the situation really underscores the urgent need for legal clarity and and policy reforms to to address the opioid epidemic and sort of support the community-based recovery efforts like this. Yeah, for sure. And so what we've talked, you know, the the interesting part of it is we're not aware of anybody ever being prosecuted for running a syringe services program. We, we've asked a bunch of people and we've asked a bunch of experts and people are, they risk arrest by doing that, but we're not aware of that actually happening. But it does create barriers on how you can promote what you do, how you, what type of funding you can receive. And just like how far reaching your services can be. And everybody we talk to about these syringe services programs is that this is one part of a holistic approach. It's not just you give somebody a needle and then walk away. It's about giving them syringe services, giving them needles, providing a way to dispose of used needles. And also it's a way of connecting them with broader treatment. And so that is what the big thing we hear from people is that legalizing and authorizing them would create clarity and would make mean so people wouldn't be risking arrest or losing funding or other consequences. If you would go a little more in depth on exactly why syringe services like the one they're offering or were offering is helpful, it is important really in fighting the opioid crisis. Sure, so that's good. And so one thing is the CDC has flagged a number of communities that are at risk by factors they measured for viral outbreaks or HIV infections. And a lot of those are rural places. You know, I think Cambria County was on that list. Luzerne County was on that list. I think there was another county that, that doesn't, that I'm having trouble remember, remembering right now. But it's, a, it's not just Philadelphia or Allegheny County, where, which have the bigger city. Philadelphia is a bigger city. Allegheny has Pittsburgh. And so the idea is pretty simple, is that by giving people clean syringes, you are reducing the risk of infection. And the argument is that these people who need these supplies are going to use drugs anyway. They'll just use dirty needles. And so by providing clean needles, you reduce their risk of infection. By having a place they can dispose of their needles, you risk you reduce the risk of other people in the community being infected. I know when I've heard that the initiative being brought up in where we live in the Sullivan County area, 
sometimes I always see a lot of pushback, not in, not so much in meetings, but mostly in, on, on, on Facebook and social media about that this is only encouraging them to use more and encouraging folks to use opioid. But like I said it's it's a problem that we have here. And you talked about the other the risk about using dirty needles and how that also makes things worse because now you have the whole thing, other thing to deal with. Um, in the situation there, but have you seen that some, some any kind of public pushback on on something like that? That having a syringe program like this only encourages more opioid use. I, I'm sure that is, that sentiment is out there. I'm sure. I think the you know, and that's sort of the question of when we were talking with James Struzzi, a Republican state representative, he talked about this idea. He initially didn't support syringe services. He he was. A big advocate for fentanyl test strips, which allow people to see what's in their drugs and sort of legalizing and authorizing them. And for his own journey, he talked about how he went to visit a syringe service provider in Pittsburgh and how that really changed his mind. He said they weren't just handing out needles. It was about providing the a range of services and making that connection. And so we've talked to a woman who had, who had used needles for drugs, and she talked about how she was aware of the risk, but at the time she was willing to use dirty needles because that's the state of her addiction, her substance use at the time. So the issue of whether some, I, that is, I feel like that's an ongoing debate about all sort of interventions like naloxone, whether that, whether you're going to do saving lives or encouraging or making it easier and safer for people to use these drugs. And it seems like there's a continuum of where people are, are comfortable on that and where the debate falls. What ideas have people come up with to solve the problem, not being able to use money for opioid settlement money for syringe services? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing, when we talked to someone is changing the law. In North Carolina, we talked to people who are getting syringe money for syringe services for this very purpose. And a couple of years ago or several years ago, North Carolina changed its law to authorize syringe services. And now there's a bunch of places in North Carolina where this is actually happening. And in Pennsylvania right now, I will say that Allegheny County in Philadelphia, I mentioned decades ago, they took their own public health action to authorize syringe services. And Allegheny County has used a portion of its funds for syringe services, a few hundred thousand dollars for that. But across the rest of the state, you're not seeing that. And it really is a matter of changing the state law. Yeah. So where are we now with the situation as far as, like I said, this public support for it? There, you know, we know there's a need for a change. What lawmakers are, are thinking of doing now of, and what have the commissioners even said? Yeah, I mean, I would say in terms of lawmakers, there is going to be a House Judiciary Committee vote this week on a legislation to legalize syringe services. And it'll be interesting to see what happens because Democrats have a very narrow majority in the state house now. Republicans have a majority in the Senate. There, the, One of the concerns from the House Judiciary Co Committee chairman, he told me, was the idea that if you brought syringe services forward, that it might get complicated by other, like people might try and amend the bill to make it include things that he doesn't want. And I can go into that later, but for now, the, the short, it, it's, he's was concerned that people might try to amend the bill with things he didn't want. Um, and so we'll have to see if that happens and if that would slow down this bill's progress. Governor Josh Shapiro, his administration does support expanding syringe services. His uh, officials there have told me and so it's really, we'll see where the full House is and where the Senate Republicans are. Yeah. Um, Ed, anything I have that touched on on your article that you want folks to know about before we go? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of uses of this money, other uses of this money as well. I think the biggest thing is people care, if they care about how this money is being spent, county commissioners control 
most of this money in Pennsylvania. So that's the place where you can reach out, advocate for what you want, advocate for what you don't want, and advocate for just more information because a lot of this is hard to uncover how this money is being spent. We'll talk to Ed Mahan, the Spotlight PA reporter, talking about the opioid settlement money being used in Western PA. Uh, you can read this article at Spotlight PA. You can read this article at our website, wjffradio.org. Ed, thank you so much for joining us on the program. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much.